that are not in the same scale. Sounds like, and it's horrible. And she, she was like, and then she would play a major chord. Good, wrong, good. And I was like, okay. So for me, this was my first notion of music. So instantly when I got back to my grandma's house, I kind of knew how to not fuck up as long as what I play is not dissonant. Yeah. So I started going in the, in the correct way with my ears. So since I was young, I was learning to play instruments. Then in high school, I was in the guitar club. Then I joined the Conservatoire, which is the music school in, how do you say this in English? Conservatorium, I don't know. Yeah, you're saying it right. Music school, like university for yeah. music. And uh, I had rock bands, punk bands, reggae bands, power yeah. metal bands. Wow. Sometimes I was playing guitar or piano or battery or singing. I sing super bad, but <laughs> I, I was always making music like and record like when the first phones started recording video, it was for me amazing because, ah, we can record ourselves playing and we yeah. put it in MySpace and maybe we get some fans or something. Yeah. So I was always making projects like, uh, let's make this new band or this, until I was in the conservatorium and they had one classroom with mm -hmm. iMacs and I was like, fuck, I really <laughs> want one iMac. And we can use it in school? Fuck. We had GarageBand and Logic and this was my first, my first um, contact with, electronic music how old are you 16 17 when i started using GarageBand. yeah and um but i was making jazz and rock and classical like what it was what the professors yeah. were demanding from me on school yeah yeah but naturally it started being like like goa music until my friends told me what that sounds like great music <laughs> yeah like, cool so this was my motivation for making music i guess it was that the there was a piano, there is a piano in my grandma's house. Uh, yeah. My mom took me to lessons. Uh, I was lucky to be in schools that had a music program. So, I mean, I was in a nurturing environment for my creativity, that's for sure. That's and my inspirations. I guess this go changing, like, because when, when I was in high school, like my biggest idols were uh, rock musicians, or some dead classical musicians or jazz musicians. Mm -hmm. And uh, with time, like when I got interested in Psytrance, for example, like Simon Posford, he became my idol. Yeah. We have Spongol and Hallucinogen, so yeah, he's the father of it all. And um, uh, in the Psytrance space, he's my hero. Like on the regular music space, I would say Kanye West and Drake. Okay. I really like these artists. Yeah. The music. I'm not such a fan of like the image and all of this, but the music, I think it's pretty good. And in rock, yeah. it's, it would be Iron Maiden. It would be Steve Bay, the guitarist, Black Sabbath, uh, Nirvana, for sure, Nirvana. Nirvana, uh -huh. wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in classic, I guess, I love Chopin. He would be my, my favorite. And in jazz, I love Latin jazz. All Latin jazz, I love. So why? Well, I guess I have influences on everywhere because as I'm yeah. telling you this, I like I remember, for example, being in in India, in Bombay, in the taxi and listening to some Indian disco from the 70s. Last week, last week, last year, I have been listening to this like, like uh, if I wanted to break the market in India at some point, like I started watching T-series. So. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, what the fuck, man? No, but, but yes, I mean, it's the gross market, I guess, in India. You get to know a lot of the cliche things from the culture this way. 
yeah. stuff that you would only know if you're Indian. Like, True. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I guess my biggest influences would be like regional, regional music from the regions I visit. Like in Brazil, I became a super fan of classic jazz from them or like the ghetto music in funk because it's so different from what you have in another country. And you go to France and you discover the hip hop artists in France, how they're so different from the ones in, in Brazil or in Mexico or the States. And you see how it all goes back to the roots of their music in their own country. For me, this is the most interesting part for influences. I try to search for new influences constantly. Um, so when you're producing, what kind of uh, plugins are like your favorites and go-tos? Right now I'm using GarageBand for iOS. It's not a plugin, it's a dog. It's a, yeah. The thing is that um, there is this community of developers on iOS that they are uh-huh. young and they are excited to make new plugins and they don't have the budget that the big companies have to sell a plugin in $1,000. And uh, but they're still maybe even more excited than these big companies to create new products. So me as an artist, I'm always looking for new sounds. And for me, the most crazy innovative plugins are all on iOS. Like I could recommend you some right now for the people who actually are not doing anything on mobile. If you want to know on PC, I was literally only using Omnisphere and Silent because Omnisphere has so many sounds and it's basically cheating. But from plugins on the phone, like so people know what's the things that you can have. For example, I have the official autotune by Antares here. I love it. It's one of my favorite because I cannot sing at all. And I don't always have singers around, so I have to use my voice. (laughs) The last track I uploaded, La Luna, Uh it was totally made on the phone. That's crazy. Like it was totally made on the phone and uh, and the quality and all doesn't acid. never no this really? that's the thing that's the thing people think that it's because yeah the there phone, is a myth yeah no but um for example Apple just released their new laptops that uh-huh. they moved away from Intel they don't use yeah. Intel anymore they use the same chips as the iPhone the chips in the iPhone they work in a different way for example if you have one super heavy plugin like Omnisphere is running on its own dedicated core in the ARM architecture. So actually it's way more stable on the phone. You have the same, the same possibilities in speaking about sound creating possibilities uh-huh. and you have more market if you're a developer and you have more excited musicians that don't have resources to get a big plugin, but they can for sure pay $5 for a really good plugin. So they are in the end selling more than the big companies. And I am sure that a lot of people in the next two years are going to be using plugins that were uh, initially developed for the phone, but as they want to work in a studio, because it's, it's true, it's more comfortable to work in a laptop than on the phone. Yeah. But I am sure we're going to see a lot of stuff coming from the phone to the computer. Like, fuck, I cannot wait for the PC version to come out. You know, you have AudioKit, all the plugins by AudioKit in the App Store are amazing. You have the official Cubase. You can run it on the iPad and the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Works super good. Uh, and I stopped using Omnisphere because the stock sounds on GarageBand are so good that uh, Omnisphere is just an equivalent in PC. So I don't have silent on the phone. That's the only thing I missed, to be honest. So, but even the microphone, like I, some songs like uh, the songs of Nunca uh, Vai or like all the ones that I have with vocals, I recorded it with this phone. Like 
And the singer was like, really, with the phone? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's faster, it's same quality. And we went right here in the kitchen. And actually, yeah. the phone takes out all the noise from your house because it was designed and it has a dedicated core inside it. Inside it. Like, if I call you on FaceTime, you will listen less noise than if I call you on Zoom. Maybe you can hear, hear me clearer, but FaceTime already have a system that takes all of, all of the noise from the washing machine, from the crying neighbor, from... You know, so yeah. sometimes if you're in a low budget environment or just traveling, mm -hmm. your phone is your best friend. Like, because it's 2020 and this thing is more powerful than the MacBook Pro that I have in front. That's amazing. I don't know half of that. I don't think most people do. So I think that should be really informative. They say that people who know you really well will say that you can finish an album over a weekend. How do you, how are you so productive? What do you do? Well, this comes... This goes all to my creative process, I think. First, uh, I'm so productive, I guess, because I take making music like a video game. Like for me, it's so fun to make music. Uh, if I'm bored, I make music. Like normally when I'm not bored, I'm working on other stuff that is not music that is boring. But when I want to have fun, I make music. I'm like, okay, I can relax. There's no one here. I will. So this is the first thing that I do it really for fun. So the second thing is that I start a song in a really simple way. Most people start the song like I will make a kick and I will make a bass and I will make the bass so powerful. And then they are like three hours tweaking the bass like, you know, and it doesn't sound good. And then they go to Spotify and they listen to someone else and they're like, oh, but his bass is so good. And then you start tripping in your mind like, fuck. And like you let all your insecurity take over. So yeah. first it's you that is producing, uh, turn off the internet and uh, just get it out so i start i make some chords like i'm writing a song like let's say you're writing a simple pop song so i get three four chords and then i write one melody over these piano chords and okay i have a nice and this takes me two three minutes so now that i have this i repeat this process four times so i have uh, the intro the break and the the big part of the track but it still don't have a kick it doesn't have a bass. it's a piano song you know if you listen to my song it's always like dee, 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 dee. for me this is how i go fast so now that I have a three, four, five, six minutes of uh, melody and piano, mm -hmm. I put the kick and the bass, but I don't care if it's good or bad. I just put the first one I see and I will think about this later. And I finish the track. I make all the, the beat because actually the beat, I just copy paste the beat. Okay, here I put it in triplets. Okay, here I break it more. Here I will put the buildup. Mm -hmm. I already know how to make them super fast. Mm -hmm. So once that you made the structure, like a normal song, only with piano, you know exactly where you're going to put the buildup. In the chorus, you're going to put the drop because it's the equivalent. Uh, in the bridge of the normal song, it's what we call the breakdown in, the, in electronic music. So basically, you just build it like a pop song. And once that you took 20 minutes just make, writing the song, not making yeah. any sound design because we're not choosing presets, we're not doing nothing. We're just writing music. Yeah. Once that we write the music, we say, okay, the track's finished. We make another one. And then we have 10 tracks, let's say. And we repeat this process and it took us maybe six, 10 hours if we put a lot of love, you know? So you do yes. it throughout your day? One yes, because in, in school they teach you how, which chords work with which ones. So basically you're saying like, oh, is this, is this cute or sad or happy or not? Okay, it, it gives me a feeling of, ah, oh, this sounds like, a, like I'm, in, uh, I'm in the desert. Oh, this sounds like a love song. Oh, this sounds like I'm in India. This sounds like uh, I'm in Mexico. So you put all of these feelings and you basically have these 10 feelings already 
So now that you have the structure, I'm like, okay, which kind of kick and bass I'm going to use on this album? I want uh, more these textures and stuff. So I make these three, four variations of kick and bass that I will use all throughout the album. Uh-huh. And then I just put these presets on the tracks that didn't have presets, presets chosen, you know? Yeah, yeah. So once that I have all the presets, it starts sounding more like a track, all of these sketches that I had before. And yeah. I'm like, which kind of vocal, what do I want to speak about in this album? Uh, let's speak about the uh, music industry. This is, for example, the Future Proc mixtape, how I how did it. I'm just telling you the, the story straight off my head, the 2017 mixtape. It was the first time I made an album or a weekend. And I was like, okay, I'm going to speak about the music industry and how sometimes it gets us down and how we just need to keep the faith and continue going. So I just went like, I'm going to sample a lot of interviews. Who are the artists that I get inspired? Not so much by the music, but by what they say to me and if they make me believe I can do it too. So then I went and I sampled all of them in their interviews. I warped them so it sounds like they are kind of rapping. Then you put autotune and it's like autotuning the news. This would take me another two, three hours. So now I have like, I don't know, nine, ten vocals. And then mm-hmm. I would just go and see in which songs each vocal fit. And then you have 10 songs with a nice vocal, with a nice melody, with a nice drop, with a nice structure in mm-hmm. two days. And you slept probably eight hours every day. It's not like you didn't sleep doing this. That's amazing. That's... But because you woke up at 7 a.m. and you were working every day until 8. Just stopping to eat. Just like someone would do in a normal workplace. Yeah. Because... A lot of artists are like, yeah, you know, I make this track and I've been working on this track for one month. Uh-huh. But I have heard a lot of professional writers uh, and writers, I mean, journalists and stuff. And they say, when you're a professional, it's when you can write on command. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're working for a, for a newspaper and uh, there is, it's a slow week and you don't have no news, you better come up with something fast yeah. and something that is going to be engaging and sell papers. So for me, this is the most important ability. Not to brag that you can do it fast. But just so you know that you can sit down in your desk and, okay, today I have time to make a song and you will actually make a song. Unless yeah. you really feel bad or you're sick or you're depressed or I don't know. But if you ate good and you're feeling good, normally you can probably finish two, three songs in one day. Yeah. Like as long yeah. as you don't make them 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Daft Punk creative process. You can Google. Like I studied a lot of the Daft Punk creative uh-huh. process uh-huh. and... Uh, because I forgot the name of the album. Human After All. Uh, people criticize them a lot because it was made, I don't remember if it was in two days, but in two weeks. But it doesn't matter. It's a Daft Punk album that was made like between two days and two weeks. So for me, it was like, wow. And this album is amazing how they yeah. do it. So yeah. I started researching their process and it turns out they were just making simple songs and after just figuring out the beat because right. if you start with the beat you get stuck in technical problems i do problems. a lot of times yeah that, that answers so many of my questions that's amazing that's cool <laughs> um okay so you've had you are right now killing it in the sidetrack scene and you know all the right people you have so many releases with great labels how do you network and how do you market yourself to be um you know and find the right people like for like what I how would need to do it like your uh, insight okay. on that. <laughs> okay, you said something, and you know all the right people. That's yeah. funny. When I mean funny, I don't say it's bad. When I, when I mean it's funny is because a lot of people might think 
that I know all the right people. It's because the right people that I know, they have been with me since before they were the right people. Yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah for example, Tiago, Tiago from Alien Records. Like, yeah. when Alien Records started, like, I was probably the second or third release with them. And yeah. the other releases were, like, I don't know, like, some friend that also made music. Like, we didn't know what to do, you know? But yeah. uh, we read a lot of marketing books, especially Seth Godin. He's super good. <laughs> read everything by Th Seth Godin. It's stuff that you can apply is this book tribes set basically yes tribes by Seth Godin so this book speaks a lot about how to have a successful project in in any circuit like doesn't matter if you're a chef or an architect or a doctor like they teach you how to create a tribe how to form a tribe how to when you make your music a lot of the times It sounds cool, but someone else maybe is already making stuff that sounds exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And this someone else has been there bringing this something else for a long time. So when you come bringing the same, you don't stand out at all. So um, this is the first thing that we learned from this book. Like we need to really, 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 really be different. So yeah. this is when I came up with this thing of the creator of Future Prague. Like, I was just going to make prog in my style. What is future prog? I don't know what I make, but like, <laughs> I actually don't know. It's just, it's just yeah. a buzzword. So when people went to the SoundCloud, they would be like, oh, this guy plays future prog. What is future prog? Automatically, it creates more curiosity. So people come and ask, like Alien Records or my project is set up in a way that people come to ask. Normally, we don't go like, we don't have deals with any big company. We actually, we work with agencies, but we don't work for the agencies. Like right. uh, if any artist of Alien wants to claim their masters, they only need to do it. They go and like, can I have my masters? Okay, pay for the legal fees and uh, you will get them. There is no, there is no battle. Like we just create it as a platform, as a community, create mm -hmm. a community that it's a platform for launching artists, even if it's just locally in the city where we are, because you need to start somewhere. So what happens is that you start supporting the people around you the people around you start supporting like instead of bringing someone from a different city to make the light show in your show ah there's one friend that could learn this because he's good at electronics okay tell him you know so slowly by slowly you're building a team and this team keeps learning because at some point you start i don't know getting a bit of money for one gig and everybody's excited and everybody buys uh, i don't know some beers and they have fun this night so they get validated wow what we did we got something not only not only a plus like The moment that you can make it, you can pay yourself and your friends. It's like, wow, it's not only good for us and for our ego of, oh, we make good music and people like it. Like, it's actually, we can live from our dreams. And we never went and spoke with uh, the guy of this big label or of this big agency. Like, we just did our stuff, make sure that the people that were physically around us were aware of what we were doing. We made sure that the food that we were serving was to the liking of the clients because we cannot be totally selfish and make food that only us are going to eat. Like yeah. when you open a restaurant, you're open to the public. So this is the key fact that you are not making music for yourself. Yes, you need to make something that you like, but you need to remember that it's going to be someone else that is going to consume it. So it comes here now that they're consuming it. Is there a personality in your project? 
Is there um, a personality in your label? What does your label stand for? What does your project stand for? Like, if you're a, a Mandragora fan, like, what do you stand for? Like, uh, you stand for free music, you stand for freedom, for fuck it all. Like, um, if you are like um, an Asterix fan, for example, you stand for more classic, for roots, you stand for the for the forest rave, you know? So it's it's different kind of people that are going to be super fan of you. And these super fans are the most important because they kind of feel like you are their friend. So if you as an artist are not projecting your personality or creating one personality that is strong enough for people to relate or mm -hmm. to learn something, I try that it's all positive. There, there can be artists that are super evil but it still works because some people are going to be evil and are going to be attracted to this evil you can do it positive but as long as you're transmitting something strong enough and the other people feeling something at the other side of the speaker then they're probably going to put this link on whatsapp and say hey you should check this out it made me yeah. feel this yeah. and uh nobody's going to send the link like hey it sounds like a highlight tribe woohoo we already have a highlight <laughs> tribe you know so just sounds cheesy but uh, be yourself and never stop And mostly never stop and mostly be yourself because then uh, you're going to be someone else and always be frustrated because you're not someone else. And this is something that I see a lot. Like I want to have the baseline of this person or I want to have it. No, get inspired on how they got this, like no, how they got this sound, like how they got to get their own sound. Go and, and look for yourself. It's pretty cheesy, but it's true. <laughs> the fact that music is a tool for the soul. This is what the, the most important part for me, because sometimes we're super happy and we put music to celebrate or we are sad, we are sad and we put sad songs to cry and then feel better or uh, we're going to a rave and we put energetic music. So for me, what is the most cool thing is me being able to put my feelings out in a way that Some people are going to relate and I'm going to get one feedback that they related and uh, the message was received, you know, it's communication for me. This is my, my end goal, I guess, like communicate with the audience. Like when I'm making a song, like I'm thinking this and like, I'm going to put this sound like this, like it's kind of like a riddle yeah. and I'm going to put this sample that says this here and this here. And maybe some people, maybe if they get too crazy and like, really study the song they will be like oh you were speaking about this and this and this thing that happened like yeah like yes this is why you put titles like happening right now like if some people already sent me the answer to this song so i like to make reels like like you can hear it in a very superficial way and like ah it's a song that has some sample about this and a, a nasty drop but listen to it good like ah you're using this rhythm from this decade that was this happening when this guy was saying this and there was this revolution here and like but only me i know, <laughs> you know <laughs> i should start putting this on genius and uh, for, for but this is my no, that's, like, deep. My, that's beautiful that's so inspiring like, me though. they said i i heard i read this in one book i don't remember the name of the book but uh it was about this You know, these German clocks that have the birds that go like, doo -doo, and they're like, they, have, they are full of details and stuff. Google, um, cuckoo clock, German. Oh, no, of course. Oh, the Google clock, of course. I do know. Yes, they're yes. super cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so there's a story about this guy that bought one of those and it broke. So he took it back to the, 
to the guy that made it. And the guy that made it was like, okay, so I'll fix it. And the client was like, can I watch? I want to learn how to fix it. And the guy was, yeah, sure, come inside. So the guy started working on the clock and he opened the clock and the client looked at it inside and it also was painted by the inside. And it was wow. so beautiful inside. Maybe it was more beautiful inside than it was outside. And then the guy said like, wow, you put so much art also inside the, the box that we actually never get to see. And he said, uh, yes, but this is for God. This is work that I still put. Maybe you will not get it, but I still put it there for someone or something, or maybe someone discovered it, you know, like in 100 years. And they're like, ooh, <laughs> like make it an archaeological piece Yeah. since now. Having had the journey that you've had so far, what have been like your biggest highlights? My highlights of my whole career. Yeah. I'm sure you'll have so many, but I'm just like, maybe just a few. <laughs> uh, because I am seeing like a... Yeah. My life passing in front of me when you ask this. Yeah. So um, I guess um, every time I have a nice surprise, like every time that I arrive in one city and there is nice people and I was not expecting to yeah. have a nice time, I guess my highlight of, Right now, for example, being in, in lockdown, total lockdown, like right now, if I want to go out to the market and grab some food, I need to go on my phone. I need to get one called attestation in, uh, in French. I don't know, attestation. I don't know how you call it, but you get this QR code. You cannot see it, but I it's a QR code it. here. Yeah. It's, it's basically a ticket to be allowed to walk in the street for one hour. What? That's crazy. Yes. So we are like this. And uh, of course, this is tracked. Yeah. And um, so I am spending a lot of time inside the apartment lately. Have you been making a lot of tracks? Some new things coming up? Yes, I was making a lot of tracks. But the thing that I discovered the most was when I went on Twitch. Yeah. Like I went on Twitch and there were like people already there that wanted see me speak and speaking the same stuff that we're speaking now so yeah. i'm giving this talk like every day and uh i'm speaking with so many people like you that are producers that have friends that are producers you're all trying to get to the same place and i'm really rooting for all of you guys to get to the same place so this is why i'm like cute. say I, I am saying it with no filter so i go on twitch in the morning i have breakfast and coffee with some 50 people from around the world. Wow. I don't feel so lonely. We speak yeah. about music. Some of them are producers. And I'm actually like working in songs, I don't know, with fans. So it's so cool because they actually make music that is as good as musicians that are known or established. And uh, it's something that when you are like all the time on the stage and people like, whoa, you're so great and blah, blah, blah. Like, Actually, you don't even know that maybe the guy that is telling you so that you're so great, maybe he's even he's better than you and he's going to teach you a lot of stuff. And he's your fan, even though even though you're not, you see his work and you're like, fuck, I'm not half as good as you are, bro. How do you did that sound? And for me, for me, this is the highlight because it's a journey that it never ends. Like the complete journey is the complete highlight. There has been super good stuff. Like I could tell you, yeah, my highlight was that time that I played in the Gulp Festival that had like 20,000 people and uh, everyone was singing all of my songs. And I, <laughs> yeah, it was cool, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but the cool thing is that it keeps happening, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like even now that we're in lockdown, like the people are still lit about making music. Okay, we don't have raves, but you're inviting me to an interview and we're speaking about this. Yeah. And before I was even getting paid to play or make music or have streams or nothing, I was speaking about the same stuff with my friends and like. So <laughs> I'm just like right now, okay, like I'm not playing. I don't even have the same lifestyle uh, economically as I used to have. Joe. Mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by artists. I am working with my friends, so uh, it doesn't stop. Like we stop having the rave, but we start having this closeness with the community that we didn't have because we we were just looking like this, the yeah. screen to Instagram to YouTube, and like now, like the sales of webcam are like so high. We were so lonely. Everyone at some at some point that now everyone is connected. It's connected, like, and it's so meaningful. Yes. Also, you discovered who was really your friends and stuff like this, like in quarantine, like yeah. uh, this, this artist never wanted to speak again or this only person was only for the money or like yeah. but other persons were like, you know, even uh, if we're not making money or nothing, uh, let's make a new track. Like, yes, please. <laughs> I, I, I need to use my time in something, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> how, how was your week? Like actually calling some artists that I hadn't spoke like only like in years or that I saw in the stage for one minute, like, hey, what's up, bro? Like, no, actually having the time to call them and like, ah, how are you? Like, like <laughs> knowing that one old agency that I used to work now, he have a kid and he sent me pictures of him and like, wow, you know, like I didn't know all of this. And if it was not for this stuff. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know. I Yeah. <laughs> closer. That's beautiful. I mean, even with the stories that Jack told me, Jorge told me about you and um, yeah, yeah you're, a you're a wonderful person, dude. That's amazing. And um, thank you. Uh, this is a very cliche question, but you know, words of wisdom for like new budding artists. Uh, <laughs> no excuses. There are no excuses. There are no excuses. Ah, it's because what? No, I'm sure there's <laughs> a way around it. I'm sure but you don't have. No, I'm sure there's a way around it. Like your mom says, I'm sure there's a way around it. My community says that I'm okay. I'm sure that there's some people that uh, really, really can't do nothing because maybe they live in a very, very closed community. But maybe these people doesn't don't even have access to this podcast that we're having right now. I wish for them to have access soon as possible for them to get liberated and to be online. So if you are actually lucky enough to be on the internet and listening to this and you have time to listen to Psytrance music and actually you have time to have these kind of dreams, then you don't have any excuse to not go after them. So yeah. these are my words, like no excuses, please. Amazing. Okay, thank you so much for giving me your time. This You're was welcome. such a pleasure. Thank this you so much, Nida, for having me here in your amazing podcast. <laughs> it was such a pleasure. I ran out of saliva. <laughs> I'll have to go and drink like a liter of water and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know everything I said it comes from the heart guys so you know no excuses make a lot of tracks and don't forget to have fun that's it so that was Nato aka Madragora if you guys have any sort of questions that you would like me to ask feel free to send me a voice message to send me a voice message you can click on the link below or you could just send me a message on my Instagram handle which is at the rate N-I-D-A-C-H-A-K-R-A-B-O-R-T-Y 
Until next time, thank you for tuning in.